Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the Copcast podcast. We're coming to you towards the end of the international break and tonight to discuss the fixtures between now and Christmas between ourselves and for a laugh we're just going to talk about the fourth place team, City. Um, don't know whether we maybe should be better off talking about Chelsea or Leicester but I suppose we'll see as the season goes on. But I've got tonight with me, I've got uh, Jay Reid out in Liverpool. Jay, how are you doing tonight mate? Yeah, mate, it's all good. And thankfully, we're coming to the end of international football until March 2020, which is always good to see that, you know, club football is back where it belongs at the top of the football tree. Obviously, coming up to Christmas, the little reference there, but I'm not a fan of England. I've said it before. I know you guys with your international allegiances is a bit more rooted in what you want with your country, but I'm just glad to see that we've got pretty much everyone back unscathed and the real football's back next week. Yeah, I can I can get on board with that. Uh, I, I you know Dave Karen was supposed to be here tonight, so I could relax and watch Northern Ireland go on to beat Germany two one, but uh, but not such luck. So if you hear me screaming in the background, that's because we've taken the lead. Uh, <laughs> also, also tonight I've got Beryl uh, Akis out uh, in the Netherlands. We're not going to talk about international football, Beryl. You and I. But no, aside we'll, we'll from, avoid it. Yes, we will. But aside from that, how are you doing? Uh, I'm very well, thank you. Glad to be on. <laughs> yes, glad to have you on, man. I hope you're feeling better from earlier on in the earlier on in the break. Yeah, yeah. I, I, it's 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 a low vitamin D season, and you know, I, I always uh, start to get flu and and stuff like that. But you know, um, uh, I, I'm I'm glad to be back. Good. Get the echinacea into you. You'll be grand. And finally, in Belfast, via Dunnagall, Johnny Henderson. How are you doing, sir? I'm all right, Dave. I'm better than you. I know my feed's a minute ahead of you, but Goretzka's just scored us 2-1 to Germany. I so, tears, sorry. Tears, Johnny. Sorry for, sorry for being a buzzkill and all that. But, um, yeah, I was going to say I, we were just having a, a natter there. And, yeah, obviously supporting the Republic and that. And when you're used to watching Liverpool, uh, let's just say watching the Republic brings you down to earth with, with a bang. So I'm in Jay's boat, although I um, I quite like to see Ireland doing well. I'm, I'm not particularly sorry to see the back of the international uh, break either. I'm back to the real stuff now. Okay. Oh, there's that bastard Goretzka just scored now. Oh, I was busting to sign him as well, and then he went and signed for Barron. I hate him even more now, right? It's, a, it's, a, it's an absolutely shite goal too. Anyway, <laughs> right, let's get back. You're right, the international break's absolutely brutal. Let's get back to club football. <laughs> All right, Tommy, let's kick off. So, leading up to Christmas, the tables have turned from, from we've played City on the, on, the, on the types of fixtures which we've, uh, uh, the teams that we've had to face. So, we have quite a difficult start to the season. Um, and you'd say City haven't really had to play anybody significant. We were the real, on paper, we were the real test. And I'm not including Spurs because their away form is worse than the Republic's form in general. So, <laughs> so get your digs in. Get yeah, your digs I will. In. I will. Um, so what we have, what, the situation we have now is, is we go to Palace, which previously, you know, had, had been... Um, you know, a bogey ground, so to speak. But Klopp's, Klopp, I think, has, has won every game there. He certainly hasn't lost. Um, we have Brighton at home, followed by the Ev at home. Shouldn't pose much of an issue based on their footballing capabilities and also the, the, the record. Bournemouth away and Watford at home. And then a postponed game, um, which should have been against West Ham, in which sees us, uh, sees us jet off for the, the World Club the World Club Cup. City, on the other hand, um, have Chelsea at home right after us, which I think is important to mention. Newcastle away, Burnley away, United at home, Arsenal away, and Leicester at home. So, let's start with the weekend, Johnny. It's a bit of a doubleheader. Back-to-back games. Um, We go to Palace, potentially without Salah or Robertson. City entertain Chelsea. The free-scoring, seemingly unflappable Chelsea. So, this is the start of a run which could really shape 
the rest of the season, let's be honest. Yeah, completely agree. It's, um, I think it's a very sort of, it's a season. Def- I know we keep talking about the next run of games, but I think this really does feel season defining because December is the month where we've got, you know, obviously the trip to Qatar for that, for the World Club Championships. And we've, we've put ourselves in such a great position. I mean, it was just such a great way to go off on the international break beaten city so comprehensively and there's a real you know you just listen to the fixtures there there's a real opportunity here to put even more daylight between us and them and if you listen to clap after the city game i think that's the mantra from within the club hasn't changed it'll be one game at a time and yeah there's nothing to fear palace at all i mean they've been you know, the, the Palace are a bit of a funny team. They, they pull some big results out of the bag, but generally they struggle to score goals, you know, especially at home. Klopp's got a really good record there. As Jay was saying, we've come through the international period, you know, relatively unscathed. Haven't heard much on, on Robertson and Salah. You'd like to think at least one of them would be fit. Obviously, Shakiri's back in full training. Gomez is meant to be pretty close I'm I'm ex- I'm fully expecting you know I'm fully expecting Liverpool to go out and get the the three points. I think the international breaks have worked out quite good in a way. Where you know Van Dijk's got his break, Henderson got his got his break, Wijnaldum. I think Trent played a bit of football, but he didn't really play much on the last international break. Hopefully, if Robertson gets over his ankle, he's had a bit of rest at least. So you know it's it's a big day Saturday. It definitely is because. We can go out there as I expect us to get the three points on the board. You know, then you're sitting back and watching City, and ironically, Chelsea are even closer to us going at it. So it's um, really, you know, the, the the next series of games are absolutely key, and and you look at them on paper, and if we can just keep the focus and intensity that's been the hallmark of us this season under Klopp, you know. I think after the next five, six games, we'll be even further ahead of City. You know, I, I can see them dropping points. Of course, with City, you could always see them winning their six games as well. But, you know, you just look at them at the moment. There they are, that wee bit vulnerable. And Chelsea, I think, will come there. You know, they'll they'll they'll, they'll go to there and they already had an hell of a go. So it's, yeah, Saturday's a big day, Dave, but absolutely nothing to be afraid of. And I think, you know, Palace's lack of firepower, when you look at, what we've got and the options we have, you know, it's been a bit of a tricky ground, but doesn't hold any fears this weekend. I'd be pretty comfortable that we'll get the job done, you know? Yeah, I'd, I'd think so. I'd think so. And, you know, you mentioned the, 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 inter, the, the, the players, um, international, uh, minutes there, so to speak. And, and Beryl, you know, potentially, we're, we're going to be missing Robertson. Potentially, we're going to be missing Salah. But it seems to me like this is a massive opportunity if we can go there and pick up three points. And as City kick off at 5.30, they're 12 points behind us. Chelsea, 11 points behind us. And that... That's shaping up to be one of the games of the season, potentially, the way the two teams are playing. We can be confident that uh, that, that, that we can get a result at Crystal Palace because, uh, actually, you know, Palace uh, being a, a, a bogey team is, is, is more a myth uh, last two seasons. So they, ha- they have been better away than they have been at home. So, uh, yeah, you know, even if we miss Salah and Robertson, uh, it, it, you know, we are clearly... Weaker when we uh, when we do miss them, but Oxley Chamberlain is is clearly getting into form, and, and you know uh, Shakiri won't be fit uh, to play, I guess, because he just started training again. But you know, I, I think we have options, and uh, Origi hasn't been the best when he started, but he he still produces, uh, builds some chaos, and and something happens. But uh, you you asked about uh, about the team uh, about Man City against Chelsea. And yeah, I I still haven't forgotten how how Chelsea capitulated last year there, and, and it, what was it six 
six goals in in the first uh, half or something like that. I, I forgot. Yeah, they lost six something, six with yeah. one or six nil, and it it really was very unlike them. It was a bit of an anomaly that result with regards it, to the rest of the season. But you uh, can imagine that you're right. They're probably going to want to go there and right some wrongs from last year. Well, and you said they're unflappable and and free scoring, and that, and that's absolutely true. It's it's you know one of the advantages of a youthful team. So that they are they are not don't feel pressure because there is no pressure. So nobody expected them to to be in this position at this point in the, in the in the in the season. They can be uh, uh, um, you know just free flowing and and try to to do something there. And and I think uh, Man City are at their weakest when when you you try to get at them. And you know Chelsea is is going to do just that because I don't think they're they know how to shut up shop. So, uh, you know anything might happen. So you know, Man, Man City is still a very good team, and if they score in the first um, ten minutes, they they usually um, kill the game. Um, uh, Laporte is still isn't back, and and they still have Otamendi, and they still have 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 uh, stones. At the back, so you know their problems haven't gone away, and uh, I think I think Chelsea might have a chance there. Chelsea are are, are closer to us than uh, Man City, so maybe a draw is is, is good as well. Uh, I know we're only looking at the league games, but you know the the Napoli game being uh, uh, on uh, Wednesday could mean that that you know we look uh, ahead and and. Yeah, it's 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 likely that Robertson or or Salah or maybe even both of them won't play. Well, yeah, it, it's it's possible. It's absolutely possible. And and yeah, you, I suppose you have to question the line the, the lineup a little bit and and what we might look like going to Palace. But City have their own problems in that area, so we shouldn't really complain with regards to the options that we have. And as the season wears on, we seem to have more and more options. But, you know, we should have enough to go to Palace, take the three points, and then just really pile the pressure onto the 5.30 kickoff, you would think, wouldn't you? You'd like to hope so. And I think the word we're probably looking for for this weekend is just a professional job. I mean, we'll we'll probably all shake hands now and just take a 2-0, probably even Roy Hodgson, because... It doesn't do them too much damage, a 2-0 defeat, and it gives us the three points we move on, and a clean sheet will be lovely for us for once. So if we assume Robertson and Salah are both out or not fit enough to start, then obviously we then probably see Milner go into left-back, and then our midfield three, one would guess it's Fabinho, Henderson since he's back in full training and not sick anymore, a another. So then the question is, do you go with Ox, Ginny or Keita? And for me, it's probably gonna be one of Ginny or Keita. I think he probably saves Ox for the for the midweek Champions League game because he's played two times for England and we like to manage his minutes. I mean it would depend how Ginny plays tonight. I know he's uh, started and got a goal, so It'd be nice if Ronald and Redder just do us a favour and bring him off after 60 minutes and give him a blow. And then the front line, um, Bobby had a, a rest. Manny's had a, um, a half in the last couple of days, but he's back. And then you'd probably imagine Origi gets a start. Um, he's not played for Belgium, really, over the international break, so we should be fresh. And it does give us options off the bench. Maybe it's too soon in terms of a week early for Shaqiri, but... It's nice that he's actually appeared again because, I mean, we probably all forgot about him in terms of being in and around the squad. He was at this calf injury and he disappeared and there was no word on when he'd be back. So, in terms of what we're missing, there's only really a question mark over when Matip's now coming back because the talk with Salah and Robertson is it's a knock and he should be back soon. And Gomez, I think it was put out today, should be fit for the weekend. I think that was maybe a, a ploy with he wanted to just get out of the England camp. So we've sort of managed this international window quite well in terms of getting players away from international football. I know there's some personal issues with Van Dyke, but Mane sort of kicked up a fuss and got off after 45. Henderson come back sick. Uh, Robertson, whether he's got or not, how serious it is or not, but he didn't even bother with Scotland and Salah didn't bother with Egypt. So maybe we've pulled a little something out of the old Fergie 
textbook way the internationals don't really matter to us and it's club football over the international. We seem to have been starting to do this a little bit better and I remember something similar in the last international break um, where we managed to you know, make make arrangements with, I think it was Senegal and certainly Egypt that, that those guys would get a break and you know, I think there's particularly coming up to an international tournament um, and with a lot of the business already done um, with regards to qualification, it's very much in the respective international teams' interest that these players aren't burnt out coming up to the Euros as well. And they know that these players playing for Liverpool are going to do more minutes than most this season. And the fact is, the players playing for Liverpool, they're generally the best, certainly one of the best players in each of their respective squads. If you if you go through them, you know, Manny... Yeah, and, it makes yeah, sense, yeah. Absolutely. Manny and Salah are... are you know, most of these guys are, are captain in their, their countries as well. So, um, you know, they're, they're talisman and, and they want them fresh and fed and in top form and peak condition going into these international tournaments. So... You know, it's win-win on both sides, and um, we seem to have begun, become a little bit more savvy in that in that regard. And with you'd no like inter- to think that's how would we, we approach it to the international setups themselves and say, look, if you want the best player or one of your best players fit and firing and ready, then you need to manage them and work with us, and we'll work with you. So either like to think a bit of logical understanding is now taking place that we are a top dog. Say, taking it back to Fergie at the time, United were the top dog, so they all had the top players. So it probably was in their best interest to to strike deals as such in terms of managing minutes. So you'd like to think that's what the level we are at now. Yeah, it should be a fairly easy conversation to have. And it seems that the club have been you know, sensible enough to to actually reach out to these international federations and have those conversations. Um, but we've no break now until until March, in which most of these players' games they'll not be involved in playoffs, so they'll be playing in friendlies. And you know, we come through we come through that this first weekend, um, hopefully in an even better place than we started it. And Johnny, City's games the the following two for them are, are fairly difficult. They're hard attritional games away to Newcastle, where they've come on stock in recent years, last year, I think, um, and away to Burnley, in which I think they they struggled towards the end of the year, away at Burnley with a goal just over the line and, and something along those, those lines. And These are games where they're not going to be able to compromise, whereas what we have are games at home to Brighton, certainly, um, where we we may be able to compromise some, some team selections if we want. And I have a feeling there's going to be a lot of midfield games played um, over the coming weeks on who's playing where. Yeah. Or who's yeah. playing when, maybe, should I say. Yeah, totally. Um, and they, they are the sort of teams that City have struggled a bit with because both Burnley and Newcastle make no bones about what they are. You know, they, they know what they are. They are two teams that are set up to to dig and, 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 and play for the clean sheet and they just play to make it an attritional bitty game and then working on their on their set pieces, you know, Burnley are always that big threat. And I think that's the one thing City um probably struggle with a bit at the moment is they just really don't have, you know, you can imagine at at Turf Moor that that game will be very attritional. There'll be a lot of Burnley are just going to go long. They're going to look to get the likes of Wood and and, and Barnes up against Fernandinho and up against um, you know John Stones physically and and get their advantages out of that. So that's you know certainly they are traditional games. And I think you're right, Dave. I think in this period of games, I think all the stuff with the internationals. I don't think it's a coincidence. I think. You are seeing their collapse influence. It's going into a really busy period. They've definitely had some conversations with international setups uh, to try and save the legs of of some of these guys. I think that's absolutely without question. And I think the other thing that you will see, and I think those games like Bournemouth, Brighton, even Palace on on Saturday, 
they do lend themselves to a little bit of rotation there. You know, you've seen Oxley Chamberlain, he's starting to come into a bit of form. He's scored for England. Um, he's he's been scoring so and Keda has gone away. He's had a, a positive international break as well. You could probably say for the two of them, they need the minutes. You know, it'll just build up a bit more fitness for them. So I don't think there's any doubt. Midfield, I expect to see Keda and Oxley Chamberlain get, getting a start. Maybe not both of them together, but you're definitely going to see a better rotation in that midfield. And yeah, listen, it's it's worked out well. I think it's just now a critical period of games going up to Christmas and we've just got to keep the, the foot down. But I think it has worked out well. And I think City's fixtures are, you know, as a set of fixtures, when you factor in the Liverpool away game that they just had, you'd struggle to think of a more challenging set of fixtures, really, that you're going to get. So, you know, it could really make or break City as well. You know, um, so it's so it's it's all looking quite positive. I have to say, I mean, we're we're in the best possible shape. As as Jay was saying there, you know, yeah, we'd love Matip. We'd we'd love to get Matip back just because he was, you know, he's been so solid and it'll just give us that little bit more certainty at the back. But I think at the minute there's so much talent in the squad and the guys that have come in. Lovren stood up and done well when he's come in. So. Yeah, listen, I'm I'm firmly of the view. Let's bring it on. I'm I'm looking forward to these set of games. I'm really looking forward to December. I think uh, the positive part of me really sees this as the month where we really, you know, I don't like saying put one hand on the title, but I think we've got a real chance now to really, really put ourselves in a position that it's going to be very, very hard to see anyone uh, class back in. That's what I'm hoping for. Yeah, I think that's. I think that. I think looking at these fixtures, that's that's what everybody is is hoping for, and I think it's got to a point now, Beryl, where, where there's certainly there's certainly an ex, an expectation there, and and these games they almost lend themselves to us a little bit. Brighton at home, Brighton's away form is absolutely dreadful. Watching them at United, if they want to come and try and play that expansive and that open against us. That could be a heavy defeat for them, and that's something with, that I predicted last week. That I think that we that we may see in these games where where Liverpool start winning games by by threes and fours. Do you see something similar here? Yeah, I. I it's you know, if, if you hadn't said it, I I would have said that. Uh, so we we think alike. Um, I I think. We we need to, and, and uh, I don't only predict it, but I we need to start winning games easier than we have done so uh, until this point. But this is something this team has done before, you know, uh, starting slowly and you know getting into gear and yeah, uh, exactly this period in time, and exactly the, the players that were uh, that we mentioned just before, um, Keita. Um, Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain, but you know, maybe even players like Brewster, uh, uh, Harvey Elliott is probably too young. But you know, I, I, he, the way he plays is is a bit Salah-like. So you, 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 he might even get a chance in in this in this run of games that we are uh, we are facing. So um, yeah, I, I, I really think that we are going to see some 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 bigger scores in in, in the next few games and. Yeah, you know, Brighton at home. If you if you can't be confident about that, then you know, <laughs> you, we, we we should stop supporting. Uh, I I hope to see uh, a bit of relaxation, not not being less intense, but but being a, a bit more confident about you know uh, us being able to to win games and 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 uh, it was this this crazy run that uh, that. Um, Trent did in the game against Man City. He he uh, he got the ball from from Allison, um, and he was uh, high up the pitch, and he, he he took it very well, and he started running up the pitch. It was something he wouldn't have done before. It 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 was something I thought, which um, symbolized uh, him growing in in self confidence and and in status maybe uh, maybe something he wouldn't have dared doing, but. Uh, and that kind of uh, thing is is exactly what you need if you want to win games easier and and win games by a by a higher score. So 
yeah, I, I'm I'm expecting a lot on that part. I, it's it's going to be a, a it's going to be hard. You know, we have a game every three days, uh, and and I hope we won't get any injuries in. So and, and the team needs really needs to be managed. But you know, it also means that there will be chances for young players who who can show their um, their credentials. Uh, yeah, uh, I, I'm I'm confident about about Brighton, you know, and, and the rest of the run. Yeah, these I think these two particular games, us at home to Brighton, Jay, and, and Newcastle away for Sunday. Uh, uh, oh, sorry. For your yes. No, these two, um, us at home to Brighton and, and City away to, to Newcastle, they almost couldn't be two more opposite types of games. Um Brighton are going to come, they're going to be open, they're going to want to play football, they're going to want to press us. Newcastle are going to sit deep in their own ground, they're going to look to exploit space on the break with the big lad Joe Linton up front and the pace of St. Maxime and Almiron. And and that that won't suit City, but Brighton almost looked like Brighton almost looked like that, you know, what Bournemouth used to be for us. Yeah, with the like the tailor made for to how we set up and how we play and I think the fact that Newcastle City is a 12.30 kickoff on the Saturday and we play a three so we're never playing at the same time I don't think up until we start to get a little bit deeper into December um, but they'll obviously have the pressure of whatever the outcome is from this weekend's results and then they're, they're still behind us at whatever respective amount of points but Going to Newcastle early on a Saturday. I mean, I don't know what the crowd's going to be like early on a Saturday. A, a Sunday afternoon, four o'clock, four thirty, would have been a bit nicer in terms of getting the Geordie faithful behind them. But it won't be easy, and Bruce will make it awkward, and he'll make it. You can pretty much say he's going to play. He's going to sit and then look for the big men up and the fast men up top on the counter. But that's a totally different type of game from what they're going to face with Chelsea. And then, I know I'm slightly jumping ahead there, but then City go to Burnley, which you touched on. And again, that's a different type of game and what they're going to face with two big lumps up front. So they're not getting an easy ride. They're getting tests every week, but they're getting different type of tests where with going to Palace, we know pretty much they're going to sit and just look for Zaha. But Brighton, as you say, they're, they're playing the back three, I think, at times. So... Usually teams who play a back three play into our hands unless they are really, really organised. And I don't think Brighton are that. And they've got a tough run of fixtures coming up Brighton as well. Um, they played Leicester this weekend, which is no easy game before they come to Anfield. And then they've got a way to Arsenal. So three games on the bounce where if you're a Brighton fan, you're probably not expecting much return from those games. So... It could be a, you. You get them on a on a downward, and we do owe someone a big hammering. We've sort of not really clicked in in many games this season. We've had forty five and maybe sixty in some games, but there's not been a ninety minutes where we've clicked all over the pitch, and we've we've really give someone a good tonkin, which is probably what we need to relieve a little bit of tension that may be there in the squad that we've had a few two ones lately and it's been a little bit close even though we're professional and we know what we're doing it's just nice to to actually hammer someone five or six nil and put a marker down in terms of that we can do that still because we we've all got used to this machine and professionalism and mentality monsters tagline but it'd be nice to see us just loosen the reins a little bit and have a go at someone yeah that's that's fair Jay and, and we've seen we've seen um we saw this sort of pattern last year where we were we were difficult to beat and attritional and um, and dug deep to, to get results at the start of last year. And this year, Johnny, it's it's coincided also. That's coincided with the the difficulty of the opposition that we've had. But what we have now is a period that that last season saw Liverpool really hit their stride, and right in the middle of this little batch of fixtures. Our poor old Everton, Johnny. <laughs> poor old Everton. Our the lovable blues. The lovable fucking, blues. Let's be honest. 
they're a fucking shambles at the minute. And they're playing us at Anfield at the worst possible time, I feel. Jay mentioned this the other week. This could possibly this could possibly spell the end for, for Marco Silva this game. I don't think they're great shakes. I mean their home form's improved a bit and they've shown a bit of a bit of fight. But I, I agree with the sentiments of everybody. Oh, come else. on, Johnny, think... they just about they just about beat Southampton and they are brutal. <laughs> no, listen, they're they're not they're not very good. They're not very good, Everton. Um, we, we we know that, and you're right. It probably is a good time to play them. It looks like a spell where we're going to rattle in a few goals. I'm hoping so, anyway. But, but I would agree with sentiments with everybody else. It, it would be nice. It's just felt really. It's felt exhausting watching um, Liverpool over the last number of months, and that it, there's just been so many games where it's felt like you know we've had to go to the well again and again and again, whether it was. You know, the Leicester game at Anfield with the late penalty, you know, the, the late fight back against um, against Villa. It's just felt that a lot of the games, even Sheffield United away, you know, it was goalkeeping there. And it would be nice to just, I, I would just quite like a game where it's won with half an hour to go, you know, where we're two or three goals up and we're, uh, and we're actually, we can relax and, 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 and rest on players and, and do do what we want to do. Um, I think that would be really nice. But I, I think yeah, I think our, I think our life expectancy could do with it. Let's be honest. <laughs> it definitely could. And as for Everton, I mean, yeah, listen, they're not they're they're nowhere near our level. They'll be up for it though. Listen, they will really be up for it. It is. We used to always laugh about it's their cup final. It really, really, really is their cup final now. I mean, they're still. They still go on about um, the draw that they got against us uh, late last season as denying us the the league, you know. So they're absolutely, you know, they're absolutely going to be going to be fired up for it. I will say this, Everton, there is one player there. I wasn't sure about him, but the more I've seen of him, I I would take Richarlison at Liverpool in in a heartbeat. I really do think he is excellent. I could see I could see him being a real option. Uh, if if we had him, but no, I'm looking forward to it. And I suppose like the other games, Dave, I don't see them being. I just don't see them being able to stop us. Not at Anfield, and not in an evening game as well. I think the atmosphere be pretty good under the lights, and their waveform's not great. I think we'll have far far too much for them. That you know, that's that's all fair. Potentially during this this phase, we may see. Certainly some rotation, if not a lot of rotation. And we may also see this the they're all the some of the things that we started to see um in the last few weeks um a bit a bit more. And we talk particularly about the fullbacks and Trent more so than Robertson playing more central. And you mentioned this you mentioned this run. Um, as he drove right at the heart of the, the city defence to set Firmino up the other weekend. And there's potential here for taking a look at, at certain different tactics because eventually eventually teams will start to... Well, they've tried it unsuccessfully so far, but but Trent has become so obviously um, a key player and certainly... Or maker, you know, most chances created, etc., 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 assists and goals being out of this game. But we do need to find a way to ensure that teams don't start to stand on him and and potentially restrict his influence on the game. Um, I think that's a tactic that uh, Manchester United uh, deployed against us. Uh, you know, they they. They played with a with a wide midfield, I believe, uh, and and stopped uh, effectively stopped Trent and uh, and Robertson uh, from you know doing what they do best at this point. But you know that means that uh, that the others have to uh, have to do something more. But you know, Man United were very lucky that that Salah wasn't uh, wasn't available because uh, if he would have been av- available, then then they you know it's still eleven. Uh, against eleven, or w- whichever tactic you deploy, 
So uh, it would have meant that uh, Salah would have had m more space to to for his runs, etc. So uh, I think uh, if if teams are uh, start uh, to play on Trent and try to uh, treat him as as the playmaker he is, then then uh, first of all th they need to succeed in that because he's a really good player and we are. Uh, a team that is accustomed to facilitate him uh, in, in 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 playmaking, um, but uh, if they succeed, it it means uh, the other uh, weapons that we have, such as Salah, such as uh, on the other side uh, Mane, but maybe also uh, Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain, who can come in uh, and and uh, Navigator take over the the playmaking uh, duties for for a game. Because I I don't think we can we can ask this from from Henderson and and Van Alden because you know that's that's not what they do they they are very good at what they're doing, and and what they're doing is is has been crucial for us this season. But um, yeah, you, you need to adapt if other teams adapt to to you. You know it's twofold. I I think they will and they meaning all other teams that play against us they will uh, need to try to find a way to to stop us first uh and then they need to be good enough to to execute that plan but if they do we still have other people uh and good players who's you know who, who can be deployed uh and so we can adapt as well i i am I'm, I'm not i think that that's a chance for for the other players uh for for players such as nabiketa who we still haven't seen uh, fulfill his potential to be fair to him, it has only been uh, a season and a half, and not even a half. And and you know he has been unlucky with his uh, with his uh, uh, injuries because you know he started at New Camp, uh, if you remember last year. So you know, but uh, he could have a chance to show what 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 he wants to show. He, uh, I, I'm again, I'm confident that we can counteract any. Uh, any tactic to to stop Trent and, and Robbo? Yeah, you would expect your. I would expect that you're right. I suppose you're just always looking for potential issues that we might that we that we might come up against and and how we're going to try and try and solve those problems. Jay, the squad looks strong right now, and you know we're going to need it during this period. But the squad looks strong, and. You know, there's still a few whimperings around. Do we have the numbers, and what happens if we get an injury? And should we sign? So we should be signed another attacking player. But you know, at this point in time, I don't really recall the squad ever being in in better shape. And we've certainly got options, and we've seen Klopp try to, you know, experiment with Oxley Chamberlain as as the false nine. And you know, we've we've played four four two or four four one one more often this last these last few weeks than I've seen as 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 a tactic to, to maybe accommodate some players after we've we've made changes. And you've got to be confident that we have we have the personnel to see not just only these next, you know, five, six games out, but but the rest of the season. Yeah, I think maybe one more would be nice in January in terms of just another attacking option for the front three because if one does pick up an injury, should it happen, then the level of quality drop-off is quite a lot in terms of you going from world-class from three to Origi, Brewster, Shaqiri, maybe you could put Oxlade-Chamberlain into that mix, but there's not really a lot else in terms of what we've got available. So if the right player is available, the price is right, the time's right, then... I wouldn't say no to another player in January. That would be nice. But as it stands now, as I said like before, we're, we've only really got a question mark over Massive. And taking Klopp's comments last week, he's going to take a strong team to Qatar. Then he's given lads an opportunity in the League Cup as much as he, he probably doesn't want to win it, by all accounts. We're giving opportunities to young players. So the likes of Curtis Jones, Harvey Elias and Brewster are probably the three that stand out in terms of the next crop that could probably come through into the first team but then obviously there's a lot more there that we've seen against Arsenal the likes of Williams Kelleher getting a chance in goal we've seen Herbie Kane Chiravella I don't think they're good enough but you know they're, they're getting opportunities to play so they've obviously got something there 
um, should we pick up injuries, we've still got a half decent youth set up to to fall back on. Um, but it's nice that we've got a squad that's fit, and I think that's more credit to what we do off the field in terms of we've recruited the best medical team, we've recruited the best sports scientists, nutritionists, physicians, and everything else that goes with it. That we are, it's no coincidence that we are fully fit and we we're able to churn out top level performances each week. It's not an allegedly dodgy that you could say is going on at Man City where a lad who goes out for a five-week injury is back within 10 days because we all have our opinions on what's going on there in terms of suspect medical work. But I think with Liverpool, it's just purely down to we've got the best in the business on all levels off the field and it's showing dividends on the field. So that's why we've got a fully fit squad in terms of what we get injury-wise. It tends to be either freak injuries or occasional knocks that people are coming back and maybe they're not 100% and they maybe pushed it a little bit too far and referring to probably the likes of Naby Keita and that one where he, he seemed to pick up little niggles and stuff, but he's been away with Guinea and he's scored and he's not had any reports of injuries. So that's hopefully a, an omen where he's, he's getting himself back and he's being managed correctly so he can actually get a run at being fit and being able to feature for us now. You would hope so. And I know Johnny is Johnny is just uh he's he's busting his hole just to see Navi kind of explode into the scene. I think like most of us are. <laughs> but uh, uh, we I, all are really we we yeah. we've we've promised so much in terms of what we've we've read and sort of seen from him and we've not we've never really seen it fully but we've seen it on occasions and fits and starts, but we I think we all just want to see a run of five or six games from Naby Keita where he, he gets goals and assists and he looks that threat that he was when we first signed him. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And Johnny, there was... I saw a lovely quote from, from Pep Linders today and he seems to have become a real insight into the into the club with some of his, his interviews and um, his, his press briefings. And um, it reads that uh, we searched to create a culture of preparation inside our club, a culture of perfection, and we can feel this now in all the people through all the departments in the club. And that, you know, you can't really argue with, with the results that we're seeing from that. And that certainly seems to be reflected on the pitch. If we're talking about perfection, that, that has been that has been replicated in, in the transfer market. Um, it's very, very difficult to argue with that. And you can only presume that it is a matter of time that... Naby Keita becomes an integral part of this Liverpool team. And this might be the start of it. I fucking hope so. <laughs> We've been saying it for so We've been saying it for so long. I, mean, I know, but this time it's gonna be this time it's gonna be true, Johnny. I think it's a combination of things. It's a combination of you know, he's had some bad luck with injuries. I think internationally he hasn't been handled very well. You know, um, and that he's been forced probably with, with getting to take chances with his fitness that, and risks that he wouldn't, you know, Liverpool wouldn't make him take. And it's just, it's just been stop start. I think as well, I think some people do get on his case um, because he ends up playing games like League Cup games where he's not really got, you know, he's he's got a lot of kids. He doesn't have the first choice front three and. One of Keita's biggest strengths is driving forward and his ability to play a pass and logic dictates that when you don't have the full team and you don't have front three of the players of that calibre and that movement ahead of you, you're probably not going to look as good. So people get on his case when he doesn't, you know, rip it up in, in, a, in a League Cup game where he starts and he's a bit passive and, uh, you know, he's not really, look. he doesn't look to be as, as, as on it. But I, but I agree, and I think the other thing as well is, you know, the other thing is, it's because we have a lot of bloody good players in midfield as well, <laughs> and these are players that Klopp really trusts. And and the reality is, that when you've played twelve league games and you've won eleven and you've drawn one and you've only lost one league game in fifty and you've won a Champions League and got ninety seven points, you probably do have very good midfielders, and he, he's going to have to earn his place. Uh, in that team and that's going to come about it might be like Joe Maddock you know it might be something like that where 
you know, the jury was out of Matip. Uh, Klopp's clearly saw, thought there was a player there. Um, and it was an injury to Gomez that got him in and got him his, his, his chance. And sometimes football works like that, you know. Who knows? It might be that maybe Wijnaldum or, or Henderson picks up an injury, picks up a knock that gets him that run of games. Um, but I think, you know, if you're, if you're Kayla, you can't be relying on something like that to happen. And I think that the, the run of games that are coming up, for all the reasons that we've just said, the likes of your Bournemouths, the likes of your, you know, the, the games that, that we've got to play against Brighton and all, they are games that you would think Kayla should thrive in. You know, they're the type of games where they're midfields and the way they set up should should suit him and the strengths he has. And there's no doubt about it. He is the one type of midfielder that we don't have anyone comparable. You know, he he really is a man who can break lines. He can thread the ball through. He can really dribble and do, you know, he can do really mad things with the ball. He's He's, he's got an ability and a skill set that none of the others do. So I'm really optimistic uh, it'll happen for him. But the thing is with this Liverpool, it's not a case. I, I don't sit here going, oh, it's got to happen for him this month. The thing is with Klopp, we've seen it time and time again. Give the players time, give them a bit of patience, let them integrate, let them train. And when their chance comes, eventually they'll get there. I mean, Andy Rabo came in, he didn't get a game. Marino was starting ahead of him. And people are going, what's Klopp doing? Why does he keep holding them back? You know, Robertson played a couple of games and People were like, oh, he looks quite good. And then he was out again. You know, we've got a manager and a team we can trust. Um, and it's a lovely situation to be in where we've got a 60 million pound signing and we're not, you know, we're not like, unlike in years gone by, we're not hanging on that player suddenly being a success and hinging everything on that happening. You know, we're, it's the right environment. I'm sure he will come good. And yeah, it'd be lovely if it was in, in December and we had a fit and firing Naby Keita from now until May. And I'll tell you what, if you're the rest of the league and the thought of, of Naby Keita reaching his Bundesliga levels and arriving in our midfield, given how good we are, I think that's a pretty scary prospect. It absolutely is. Um, so let's just assume that that is going to be the case because it's much more fun to do that than the other thing. So I, I want to take us on a little bit here, Beryl. Um Bournemouth away and Watford at home. Again, these are two two games which which we've performed well in over the last few years. Um, we've scored heavily against both these sides. And during those two games, City have a horrible little run of United at home, Arsenal away, and then they finish off with Leicester at home while we're away, preparing to become champions of the world. So... Again, I want to look at City a little bit more here. United, let's be honest, they're not great. They're not great. But their better performances and their better results have come against the better sides. And it, they're probably built that way where they're not bad at the back, let's be honest. And they've got pace and they've got decent players in attack that can absolutely hurt you on the break. And that is what we've all seen City will struggle with, looking at Norwich, looking at Wolves, looking at ourselves, and, and, and that's that's where they struggled, coping with dangerous, intelligent, speedy players on the break, and um, this could be this could be set up for United this game. I'm not sure I'm as confident as you are uh, that United can can get a result against uh, City. It's, it's because um, you you cited the intelligence. Yeah, I think uh, their uh, their forwards are intelligent and they are speedy, etc. But I don't think speed is necessarily the, uh, the, the 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 most important weapon against Manchester City. I think you need to have a have a intelligent tactical setup, and that's what what. Um, you know, Norwich are bottom of the league, so it's 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 uh, it's a hard sell to say they are uh, set up very well tactically. But um, uh, I I think they were at that in that game, uh, and uh, and and they don't have speed, and Puki is 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 not a very uh, quick player, but they got into the the right positions, um, and and I'm I'm not sure Manchester United want to win as much as as they want to win against us, and and I, I'm I'm very certain that Man City wants really wants to win again against them. 
So I'm I'm not sure that's the game I would in this run I would think they would drop points, but uh, it's it's certainly possible, of course. But uh, I I think the uh, the other teams in that run have have a better chance, even maybe Arsenal, and uh, which which seems very far fetched at this point. But uh, I, I'm not sure how how mu- how much longer Unai Emery will uh, will. Uh, be uh, the manager of Arsenal, and and there might be a, a new manager bump there. there. There are some managers, and, and I, I don't think Pochettino will go to Arsenal, but there are some managers on the market at this point that that might be able to to um, to get more out of, of Arsenal than than Emery is doing right now. So in in this run, I, I see some pitfalls for for Man City, but I, I'm not sure Man United is that pitfall. Okay. All right. Jay, Watford at home, Bournemouth away or at, uh, in the other the other way around. You'd like to think that we could certainly chalk something up in, in, in the goal difference column for those two games. And these are games you maybe hope to see the likes of a, a, a midfield of, of Fabinho, Oxley, Chamberlain, Keita. Whereas, as we've talked, City just don't really have that luxury with the fixtures that they have. That's tailor made for us. I think Watford at Anfield have been the last two times we've played them. I'm sure we've put six and five past them in the last two years at home. Um, I could be slightly off by a goal or two, but we always tend to give them a good walloping. And they're not obviously in the best of shape at the moment in terms of where they are in the league. And Bournemouth, as you say, they always like to try and play nice football. And that plays into our hands because they want to come and play football with the best team in the land. So, good luck with that, really. Um, it's set up for the likes of a midfield with Ox and Cater and Fabinho in. But I also think the likes of we've got Brighton at home and Watford at home are, are the games when we could probably introduce a couple of youngsters, especially from the bench, if you're given the likes of Elliot, um, Jones and Brewster, those sort of opportunities to get 10 or 15 minutes and maybe give your front three a bit more of a break um, and also keep the likes of Divock and Shikiri and Ox a bit more rested and fresh so they are valuable squad players to, to obviously use in the bu- busy period. Um, we we need to manage it, but I think last year we played only one game less. We played eight games in December this year. We're scheduled to play nine, so... A lot's being made of the fact that we've got a lot of fixtures. I think it's more because we're travelling to Qatar. People are sort of seeing it. There's maybe a lot more fixtures. So it's only one more on paper that we've got to play from last year. And that's obviously because yeah, we've got and to make one, one of those, Yeah, and one of those is Villa. And, you know, you have to question what sort of team's going to be put out there. <laughs> well, judging by Klopp's comments, it's going to be a very young team because he said he's taking his best boys to Qatar. I mean, you might see a couple being left behind and that could be for me the likes of Lalana might be left behind um, maybe Shaqiri to get minutes in his legs you could see an experienced centre-half if Matip is back fit by then could it be Gomez Lovren or even Matip just to get minutes in his legs and I would, personally I'd like to see Adrian get a game because I wasn't overly impressed with Kelleher he didn't do much wrong but Physically, he doesn't look quite there yet. He still needs to to grow into a man's body. He still looks a little bit boyish, and it's an opportunity for Adrian to get minutes because he's been great on the field when he has played, and he's also been great off the field. And I think it would be a just reward for him to to get a game under his belt in terms of just ninety minutes, because the likelihood is his opportunity may only come in the FA Cup, and that's if Klopp wants to play him or does he go with the same approach of giving Kelleher a game and I just think that he, it'd be nice for him to get a reward of 90 minutes Yeah I, th- I, I think you're right uh, although I, I can't see it I don't think Klopp will take the risk of of leaving Adrian behind in case just Allison. in case Yeah I think, he, like, I think he, he'll want that insurance and insurance policy and, and I think that you know I think he recognises how important this is and I think Certainly, and I don't want to get too into the whole business aspect of this, but certainly from 
a board and a branding perspective, I'm sure the owners have said, go out there and become world champions because that's something that we want to parade around the marketplace. It's what they do with Boston. That I know baseball is only played predominantly in America, but you're the World Series champions when no other country plays it. So it's sort of an odd tagline to be given. But to say as their brand, they've got the World Series champions of baseball and the world champions of football at club level. That, for them, probably is more appealing. Yeah. I think that might be to do with a newspaper that sponsored it or something, like the World Newspaper. Maybe. I don't know. I don't, I don't know the history. I just No, know I don't really know myself. But it, um, it's a strange thing to be called the World Champions when no other country competes against you. Yeah. I don't even think they allow. I think there's like Mexicans and stuff play baseball, but they don't even allow them in. But anyway. Uh, <laughs> we digress. <laughs> we do. We do. So look, just to wrap things up, guys, I'm not going to ask for points or anything, but Johnny, how many games do you see? In fact, which games do you see City dropping points in? Chelsea, Newcastle, Burnley, United, Arsenal and Leicester. Oh. Do you know what? For all the, the talk we're doing over this, it's I still find it hard to see City dropping points. <laughs> And there's probably a reason for that when they, they finish with 100 points and 98 points and they've been a wee bit vulnerable. I think if you were pinning me on it, the two, the two teams that I think are most likely to take points off them are probably Chelsea or, or, or Leicester just because they're in form and they've got the attack to hurt them. City's weakness is, is at the back. Um, It would be one of those two where you could see a potential... Um, drop of points. Feeling that, I do always think the the Newcastle game's always been a bit of a headache for them, just because of the way Newcastle make that that fixture, and they've got a wee bit of a a sign on them. And I get the point about the atmosphere, but sometimes as well, those early kickoffs are just a bit weird. It can take time to get going. So I'm gonna I'm gonna stick the neck out here and say that Chelsea take a wee draw off them at the weekend and potentially, you know, think, you know, Leicester, the form they're in would fancy themselves, but I'm not, uh, I'll be honest, given the way City go on, uh, played the last couple of years, Pep usually picks them up after a setback and they put a run together. So it wouldn't surprise me to see them take maybe like 16 points or, you know, five wins in a draw from the next six games, just City. I'm hoping that's not the case. I'm hoping that the vulnerability stays and that they slip up a few more. But I think the great thing is we don't need to worry about that. We're nine points ahead of them. We, we don't have to fret over City's results against us every week. We just need to look after ourselves. And if we keep winning, there's nothing they can do about it. Well, that brings me to my next question, Johnny. Who do you see if anyone are stopping points against? Palace, Brighton, Everton, Bournemouth, Watford? None of them. I, I, I genuinely can't. I, I just, I, I can't see it. I, I just can't see us dropping points. Yeah, opposite, um, opposite to your first answer, Johnny, that is the correct answer. <laughs> well, that's it. I mean, I just can't. Um, I, I look at those teams and I just think the way we are at the minute and the form we're in, um, I can't see it. I, I, I genuinely can't. Um, I think on paper, the Palace away games probably this weekend's probably the trickiest. But I think we'll have more than enough to get us through that. So I'm expecting us to just keep on winning. And if we do, we'll be in a great position come come Christmas. Good enough for me. Beryl, what is your opinion? Where do you see City potentially slipping up in the next six? No, I I, I have to agree with, uh, with Johnny there. It, uh, I think most likely to drop points against uh, Chelsea or Leicester... I think they will drop points in this run. And, um, you know, it could be a draw, it could be a loss. They they will drop points. There There is something different about them um, in in the sense that they are more vulnerable. You know, when they lost to Newcastle last year, they were massively unlucky. And when they lost to Crystal Palace, they were massively unlucky. But the losses they had against Wolves and against Norwich, uh, that wasn't unlucky. They they deserved to lose those two two games. So, and they deserved to lose against us. That's you know that's uh, beyond beyond debate, of course. But 
Um, so I, I, I th there, there is there is something about them that um, they are not as strong as as last year. Uh, um, you know, because Laporte isn't there, of course, and company isn't there. And I think uh, they are missing Sane. So yeah, I, I think they they are going to lose points. And um, and and I, I think at the end of this run, we are still at least nine points ahead. That's what I think. Good enough for me, Jay. Give me something. These two, I don't know what's wrong with them. They must have splinters in the backside to sat on the fence that much. Come on, <laughs> <laughs> let's be honest here. Yeah, they're, they're dropping points. And they're dropping them against Chelsea. They're dropping them against United. And they may drop them against Leicester. The only way Leicester is at the Etihad. And Leicester against us at Anfield, they crumbled. Leicester's strength is at home. So I don't really see pinning much hope on that. And the fact that we're away that weekend, it sort of gives them a free hit in terms of the press won't be talking about Liverpool. They've got to catch us. And what a Liverpool excuse me, doing that weekend, it's going to be, this focus is on City, Liverpool around the country, so don't worry about them. <laughs> Newcastle, potentially. Burnley, I think, is another one. I think it's at Turf Moor as well. It's a midweek. It's December. It's under the lights. It's probably going to be wet and cold. It's um, the midweek when we play the derby, so I don't know if uh, we play the same day. I'll do a quick scan check right now. As it stands, now City played the Tuesday away at Burnley. We played the Wednesday, so they're before us. Um, but it's never easy to go to Burnley, especially not in the winter, because it's so open and so cold. So for me, I see a draw this weekend with Chelsea, a potential draw with Burnley, and they lose to United at Old Trafford. Because if United get a draw out of Liverpool and they beat City, it keeps Ole in the job for at least another six or seven weeks. Their fan base will be slightly happier. And that suits us all roads, doesn't it? It suits us right down to the ground. And in terms of Liverpool, we're five up to five. We don't drop a point. I'd be surprised if we don't keep four out of five clean sheets in those games as well. I think we, we'll tighten up at the back. And if that matters correct, then we should then be seven more than... 15 points ahead of them going into Christmas, which if we're, if we're 15 points going into Christmas, then everyone's having a good Christmas, aren't they? Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I, I'm, I'm just going to, I'm just going to throw it out there now, guys. I, I'm, I'm just going to agree with Jay and we're just going to, just going to park that there. All right. I, I find fine by me, man. Uh, yeah. I, 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 I loved it. And I hope it's true. <laughs> yep. So Jay thinks City are picking up four points in the next six games. Um, we're going to be 25 points ahead by Christmas. No, I'm giving them more than that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the the dropping what? The dropping seven points. The the drawing two and the losing one. So the dropping seven, we're going full out. So yeah, that'll be 16, won't it? Um, and hopefully the same on Leicester and Chelsea at that point because they've obviously got to drop points in those games too. Good enough for me. Okay. Guys, thanks very much for joining me tonight. We're just going to wrap it up there. Um, big one at Palace coming on on Saturday. I think this is I think this is important. I think this really sets a marker down and I think that this could maybe put it in everybody's heads, certainly the City players' heads that you know it's just going to be hard for them this year. It's just going to be too hard. And certainly, you know, I expect some other teams, certainly these teams, look at the play city in the next six games are thinking there's an opportunity there. There's an opportunity there to take a scalp with them being so soft through the centre. And I think what we also need to consider when talking about city dropping points, one thing about city is they do not, respond well to going behind and I'm sure that uh, some of these teams will see an opportunity, an opportunity there to take a lead and I potentially see that result out. So let's hope that's the case. Johnny, thanks for joining me, sir. Yeah, no problem and um, uh, I'm not going to comment anything on the sort of half a dozen goals I've watched the Germans score while this has been going on, saying you had your wee dig at the Republic there before. Uh, 
it's been a bad 45 minutes for you, Dave, hasn't it? I'm going to be honest with you, it's not been great. Um, I've had to be, <laughs> I've, I've had to be, I've had to be fairly, fairly vigilant with the mute button um, to avoid some profanities. For some reason, we decided that we were going to go and try and score some goals. And to be fair, it's been like a goal of the tournament competition in this game. Some of the goals Germany scored have been unbelievable. Brandt's goal at the end was absolutely phenomenal. Um, there's another one that we tried to sign. Brilliant. Anyway, thanks for that, Johnny. Um, Beryl. <laughs> anytime, anytime, David. Anytime. Yeah. Uh, yes, thanks. Thanks again. Um, Beryl, thank you for joining me. No mention of international football from you. Thanks very much. Thanks for having me. And not even a genie scoring a hat trick. No, not even Jeannie scoring a hat-trick. <laughs> okay, I didn't mention it then. No, thanks, thanks. There's an awful lot of not mentioning going on here. And somehow I know Jeannie scored a hat-trick and Northern Ireland have shipped half a dozen goals. Anyhow, and Jay, thanks for taking the time. Oh, International Week means sod all to me, so it doesn't matter. Nah. <laughs> Back to Internet. the real stuff. Yep, so I'm now currently currently in Jay's corner. International football is shit. <laughs> always will be. Uh, yep. Pleasure to be on it as always. Thanks, man. All right, so on that note, the international football is officially over. Thanks, fuck. We'll see you all after Palace. Up the, according to Jay, 28 points clear reds at Christmas. <laughs> <laughs>